Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. I am very enthusiastic about today's call because I have a special guest, Michael Zusman, who has just an incredible approach to what we here at Strategic Coach call the front stage. And if you think about your business as having both a front stage, like a theater, and a backstage, having a clear distinction between the two is really important, but also how we set up the front stage, I think, is really key. So when I first met Michael, months ago now in a workshop, he told me about what he's going to share today. I was completely intrigued and said, "Ooh, can we please do a podcast on this? Because I thought it was such a brilliant idea and really comes from a mindset that not everyone has. So I thought, well, I'm pretty sure that you'll be interested in hearing what Michael has to say. So Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Oh, you're very welcome. So, Michael, before we jump into your unique approach to especially how people answer the phone at your company, can you tell us what your company is, what you guys do, and your role in it? And let's just start off with that. So, who are you, where do you guys live, and what kind of a business do you have? Sure. So, again, thanks for having me today. So, our company is based in Atlanta, Georgia. We're a specialty furniture company that focuses on two niche markets, senior living and also healthcare. I'm the CEO of the company. It's a family company, so I'm the second generation. I've been with the company now for about 17, 18 years, and we're having lots of fun with what we're doing. I love it. And you just had some great successes, I know, in terms of expanding into healthcare. It's primarily on the furniture side. Is that correct? Is that mostly what you provide? Yes, that's just what we focus on is furniture. Awesome. Great. So and also, do you provide furniture nationwide or is it just local in Georgia or what's your area? No, it's nationwide and also into Canada. Fantastic. All right. So if any of us have elderly parents in nice facilities, probably your, <laughs> your furniture is to be found there, which is really exciting. Now, one of the things that most impressed me when we were sitting actually, I think it was at lunch, was that you described a situation of how when most people call a company, they deal with a receptionist, or as is happening with most companies now, they have an automated phone system, and you tried that, but then ran into some challenges. So can you describe what happened for you guys when you were looking to kind of improve or even simplify just the basic function of any business, which is how the phone gets answered? Sure. It was probably about five years ago, we were tackling a project which is trying to improve our overall customer experience. So one area we tackled was, you know, a person calling into our office to speak with us. And a few bits of feedback had come back to my level to say, look, uh, we're getting some complaints about the automated phone system. It's not always working. And I was like, okay, well, obviously this is really not good. So When I thought about it, I was almost like we were erecting a barrier between the caller and us. Someone wanted to speak to us and we were putting up all these dial one for this and dial two for that. So I combined that with my frustration when I call companies and I get an automated phone system. And, you know, there's always this sense of, is it just a cost saving exercise for the company? And I was like, okay, we really should look at doing something different here. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking back yesterday when I was on a free day, I had to make some calls and I was canceling some services. And, and I think they've gotten smart. Most people know that if you get an automated service, normally if you hit zero, they'll put you right to a person. Well, they figured that out and they, they've taken away that option. <laughs> so every automated service item is like, oh, well, but now it's three. In this company, it's two. So you have to listen to all those darn options. And I think you're totally right. We have gone to the automated side and I'm really clear it's a backstage function. So going back to that front stage, backstage analogy, where it is really for the benefit of the company, not 
really focused on the experience for the customer. And I think some people try and frankly, fake themselves out, thinking, oh, well, well, this will put them faster in touch with the right person. No, it means I have to impatiently listen. And I'm a fast talker, as I've been told. However, I'm also a fast listener. So they're way too slow for me. And it's just annoying. So you had a particular problem. So I completely concur with that. But I, you came up with a very different solution, not just to put a live person back on, because that's what you had before, but to do something actually to a much, much higher level. So what's that about? Well, the idea was, you know, we could just put someone to answer the phone and then essentially, are we really winning with that because they're going to greet the caller and then forward the call to whoever they've worked out is the right person to send it to. And I was like, well, what's going to happen then? The likelihood is they're going to transfer the call and the caller might get in another automated message or might get a voice message and I didn't feel like we were winning. So I said, well, why don't we place an experienced person like a marketing person in the role of answering those incoming calls? so that they could have a more advanced call with the prospect at that stage. So the experience really that I wanted that incoming caller to have was a number of different things. First of all, I wanted them to touch that live person. I thought that would be much more personable, especially as that might be the caller's first touch point with our company ever. And then also, because we put in someone who is experienced and knowledgeable about our company, they could better help or even answer the caller's questions in real time, just like that. And then the other thing I was thinking about was, you know, in addition to the quality of our products, which that caller may not know about at the time, I thought by having a person who is experienced that there was a better chance that they could leave a very good first impression about the overall experience that that caller would have when working with our company in the future. Oh my gosh, I love every second of this. <laughs> I was actually just reviewing a blog, and one of my favorite titles for reception is actually, it's not mine, is Director of First Impressions. And I think no one, very few companies, give enough weight to the fact of how people are received when they first contact a company. So anyway, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to emphasize the mindset shift that you've applied here, which is amazing. Yeah, it really has been great. And not only, I think, for the caller, but it's also been really good for our business because... It allows us to have a much more meaningful conversation with the caller where we can establish rapport. And also, maybe more importantly for us, we're able to ask a series of questions that we might not have had a chance to ask otherwise, which are really going to benefit us, which is, you know, we can pursue opportunities to cross-sell. We can ask about other projects they might have. We often invite them to come visit our showroom, or we might work out, you know, where to meet them at an upcoming trade show if they're going to be there. So it's really about some of those next steps, like what's going to happen next. So there's a very clear path there. And all of that, I think, positions us as an expert in our field. You know, so from our side, selfishly, it helps us just as much as it helps the caller. Well, it does because you've eliminated those barriers towards that relationship. And you do, I think, look at your clientele as having a relationship with you. They're not buying widgets from you. <laughs> you know, This is not a small thing that they're embarking on. So this is fascinating. So what has the result for you? I'm not sure if you do metrics or track things, but what has been the impact on, you know, you were getting complaints before with the automated system. What are people saying to you now? Or what have you noticed in terms of people when they call into you and what, what their response is? Well, I think some of them are surprised is the first thing I'd say, just because all of a sudden they're actually speaking to someone who can really get into it and answer some questions for them. 
I can't begin to tell you, the excitement never dulls when Stephanie is the person who handles the role here for us, when she either sends our VP in sales and I an email or comes down to our office to share a story about, guess who I just spoke to on the phone and this is what happened. And obviously she touches on all the things that we would ask her as questions. And, you know, it's very exciting when she says, listen, I started speaking to them and they have this other project, which they weren't going to tell us about, or they have this other part of the project, which they weren't necessarily considering us for. And, oh, by the way, you know, they're coming to visit our showroom next month. Wow. You know, so all of a sudden from just where the caller was calling in to just maybe ask a simple question about something, we've been able to really expand the scope of whatever that might be, which will hopefully benefit them, but will obviously really benefit us as well. Wow, that is so cool. Now, I want to know about the backstage implications of this, because a lot of people, for a lot of companies, reception is an entry-level position. It doesn't necessarily have a ton of status or pay that goes with it. Was there any, I don't want to say was there any resistance, but what was the impact on your team or her when you said, okay, hey, this is how we want to handle this, and this is actually a position that's not an entry-level. It requires some capability and knowledge of our company. What was the response with your team? Sure. Well, first of all, I went to our VP of sales to share the idea with her and to gauge her feedback. And she really liked it. So I said, okay, great. Now you need to find someone who can do what we want. And she said, I know exactly who I want to do it. And so that same person has been doing it for the last five years. And she's really enjoyed it because obviously she knows that I was very interested in what progress she could make with that. And so the three of us are very often talking in the corridors about what's been going on, what experience she's had, we've been able to sort of expand the role that obviously we don't get calls all day. So there's other aspects that we've added to her role to help us as a company. Yeah. Mm, Fantastic. And she sounds like just a, Stephanie, is that what you said? She sounds like a delightful person who loves, she may have a strengths finder strength of woo, which is winning over others, which means a stranger is simply a friend you haven't met yet. But just that ability to receive people in and make them feel warm and at home and to engender trust really quickly. So she sounds like that type of person that you have answering the phone. Yeah, and she's done a great job. And I think over time, she's just built more and more confidence and continued to almost refine the experience for the incoming callers. Mm, Fantastic. Now, what has been the response with the rest of your team as well when they get sort of, I guess it's a lead from her? Do they jump on it? Do they follow through? How does that work with the rest of your team, your sales team? Yeah, I mean, they're very happy for her to be handling that aspect. When I was talking to Stephanie just a few days ago to tell her about the podcast for today, she was saying, oh, well, I was just speaking to someone else in the office and they said they hadn't had a call come to them for a while where they had to basically educate a customer from start about what our company does and how we can help them. So I didn't realize it, but we'd sort of centralized a lot of that with her because a lot of the new callers coming in and new customers that we've acquired over the last few years obviously have been funneled through her. So, you know, my feedback to her was, that's great, kudos, because we have picked up a number of new accounts over the last few years. So a lot of them had gone through her. That's fantastic. A question just popped into my mind that I know some people, <laughs> at least one person will have if they're asking. Is her compensation at all tied to that or how does that work? Is she connected to the results that she's facilitating happen? Well, we have moved her salary over time, but we don't have a clear-cut incentive system 
based on number of callers or, or number of callers who move to place an order. We, we don't have something like that at the moment. Okay, just a curious. <laughs> I was just wondering about that. Awesome. Now, she already worked for your company. This wasn't a new position that you had to hire for. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And so how long has she been with your company before she moved into this role? I think it was either six or seven years. So she'd been here a year or two prior to moving into that role. Got it. So that really, really helped. And she obviously must have shown an aptitude for what you were looking for in order to do that. And I love that your team has been so receptive. And I can't think of a team member, especially, for instance, a strategic coach, that would not love to have the people that they talk to on the sales team, our membership advisors, you know, to have someone actually already know exactly what we were up to and be qualified and all those great things. So I imagine your team was just incredible incredibly receptive, even at back five years ago to that idea. I know obviously they're happy now with those results, but was there any pushback from the team at all or were they just like, yes, let's try this? Well, it's five years ago, so I can't remember exactly, but I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember any pushback, no. Oh, fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Now, what would your advice be, Michael, for a company that has perhaps a higher volume of calls that you do or, you know, I'm sure you have some fairly large I don't want to call them deals, but, you know, you've got some fairly large contracts that you work on. For a company that has perhaps a smaller sized type of deal or more frequent calls, do you see that this is something you can replicate and have more than one, like, super capable person on the desk answering the phone? Is this something you could expand on? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, based on our experience, I just feel like it's helped elevate our brand and what the experience is going to be like for someone when they either start dealing with us or even after a few years, that we're really here to try and help. And it starts from the first call. You've just eliminated one of the major, major, major points of friction with any company is you've got someone there creating a relationship from the very first moment that the phone gets answered, which is kind of spectacular in, in my opinion. And I like what you said about your brand too, because your brand is to be helpful. Your brand is to eliminate friction and drag in your connection with that person and to facilitate them getting what they want. And your point that Stephanie said, oh, they weren't going to tell us about this other project that they're doing, but they did now. I think that is so true. I think companies are leaving a lot of business on the table because they're just answering the direct question without actually trying to connect with that person, a human being on the other end of the phone, to find out what else is going for them. And there's something that engenders trust really quickly when they don't have to spend the first few minutes of contact being irritated by an automatic phone system. And I'm sure, by the way, there are probably some decent automatic phone systems, but none of the ones that I've called <laughs> I find particularly pleasant. So I'm on your side. Now, you also make sure that this experience is not just a one-off. And when people do come to your showroom, for example, you also look to make sure that you're looking at things from their point of view, not necessarily just what you're hoping to accomplish. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we always try and start, anytime a visitor comes, whether it's as an individual or as a group, it's really, obviously, after some pleasantries are exchanged, it's really just to try and understand from them, okay, how much time do you have? What would you like to achieve out of today's visit? Just so we make sure before we kick off, if we don't ask them, then we won't know that there were three things that they're just dying to ask, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if we just start off with the presentations and, you know, these sort of canned responses, or canned activities that we would normally do throughout a day for a a visitor that comes in, we might be missing an opportunity to get straight into it. So, you know, we don't have a a set formula of, you know, when someone comes in, 
Should we walk through the showroom first to actually touch and feel some of the products so you can get a better sense of what level it's at and different styles? Or would you like to know a little bit more about us and our capabilities first? Or maybe you've got some specific questions and you don't know if something we offer can solve any of them. So I guess I do have a formula. My formula is let's start with something like that to make sure that we better understand how we can help them because it's really not about us. Uh-huh. Which is also your brand and you're creating experiences. And we talked before we started recording about that you craft the experience for people. And what I'm noticing is you do it both in person, but also on the phone. And that kind of attitude, that mindset to my mind is very powerful. And I mean, again, it'd be fun to see what your clients say about you, although I'm sure they're incredibly loyal. I mean, there's just so much less hassle working with you guys than anyone else, or it's more hassle working with other people. They would really, I imagine, be very reluctant to give up that experience working with you. That's what we try for. (laughs) That's what we try for. I mean, we do have a lot of repeat customers, and we do pride ourselves on the fact that once someone's come on board, that we really do keep them, and they're sort of ours to keep. Like we might do something which would cause a problem over time, but very few of them choose to leave just because, you know, almost for no reason. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I so love it. There's so many takeaways I have from our conversation so far. It is crafting the experience. It really is about elevating your brand and, you know, that you're there to help and provide a really supportive thing. And the fact that you've looked at it from the person's perspective, and I love that it was prompted by... Well, first of all, comments that you were getting in terms of people not loving the automated phone system, but also your own frustration. You know, and at Coach, we talk a lot about really valuing your own experience and using that as a starting point for growth, for transformation, for problem solving, which is exactly what you did. But you did something different than the automatic response, which is to just add a person back in there. You elevated it. And that's the part that completely caught my imagination when we first chatted. So that elevating of the experience is something that I find rare and special and and to be appreciated. But I haven't heard of anyone else, Michael, ever putting someone experienced on the front desk. That to me was a completely and totally novel idea. So I love that. So again, a lot of great wisdom that you've shared. And the question that I'm going to kind of leave for myself with is, are we really winning with that? So whatever strategy you're taking, you know, in this case, it was adding back a person, you thought, no, we're not really winning, because then they're just going to probably be put on hold, and then go to someone else's voicemail. And one of the things I've learned, because we do the communication builder exercise, and if anyone wants to see it, it's at yourteamsuccess.com, just get the downloads. And the communication builder exercise is how do you best like to give and receive information? Well, do you know how many people, including yours truly, strongly dislike, I could use other words, voicemail? People don't like leaving it, they don't like getting it. Personally, I prefer leaving it to getting it because then I can express my tone of voice. (laughs) But listening to it is just torture. So voicemail is like not fun, nor is being put on hold, nor is someone else trying to track someone else through the building for you. So you've just eliminated a major time waster for most people because you've been so sensitive and attuned to, again, how you want to receive people and what you're presenting and what your image is and how you want to be perceived by people. So that integrity in terms of the client experience for me is just stellar. I love hearing about it. 
Fantastic. So I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Anything else that if someone else wants to apply this sort of way of thinking to their business, any, what advice would you give? Because I'm sure you've explained this to other people. If they've talked about their experience, it's like, oh, we do something different. You know, this is obviously kind of bone deep for you in terms of how you think about creating client experience. But what advice would you give to someone listening to this podcast, but also just to other business owners who are thinking about elevating their game? What would you like to tell them? I think that one thing, I like simple but sophisticated ideas. So I don't want anything that's too complex, but there has to be an element of something to it. So I guess the advice I'd give would be one thing we've always tried to do is act fast. So if something comes up, let's quickly brainstorm a couple of ideas as to how we can overcome it. If it's a problem, like this automated phone system, we came up with an idea and we tried it. If that wouldn't have worked, we would have tried two or three other things and we would have just kept on trying until we'd found something that was going to work to address it. So I guess just staying nimble during that almost detective work to work out what is going to help fix an issue or largely fix an issue quickly. Uh-huh. That, that would be my best advice. I love it. Well, I think take it seriously. What you said, brainstorm and then act. <laughs> And then keep experimenting or testing until you hit on the right thing. In this case, you hit on it really quickly, which is fantastic. That's fantastic advice. Thank you so much. Michael, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I hope if you're listening to this right now, you're like, oh, how do we answer our phones? (laughs) And who's answering the phone? And how much do they know about our company? I hope those are thoughts that are crossing your mind right now. I appreciate when I see someone presenting a higher standard, a simple but sophisticated idea, which is exactly what this is. And then I really appreciate you being willing to share that with other people. So hopefully we can elevate the game for everybody and take customer service and that whole client experience to a whole new level. So, Michael, thank you so much for, A, your time, and B, taking the time to share your wisdom with us. Thanks, Shannon. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know at questions at strategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more Team Success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com. Team Success Handbook.